and this is Deba K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas, and we're back for another episode. We're still in yesteryear, and I have with me my two good friends, Kathy and Laura from the MIA2K podcast. How are you two? Yay! Hi, Jess. So happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a bit of a reunion. We haven't seen each other since the PH1 concert a few weeks ago, and that was so much fun. Yes, um, yeah, and you guys went all over Orlando like the day after. It was like incredible. I don't know no, how you got to do like, it. It was literally like we weren't even in Orlando for 24 hours. <laughs> we, we got to Orlando. We went to eat uh, K-Pot. We got ready for the concert, went to the concert, and then the next day we left the hotel, like checked out, went to K-Pop in USA, and drove back home. Like it was very uh, methodical stops that we had to make. So we were not even in town for 24 hours. We really weren't. I honestly can't believe you did even that much. Sometimes I try and do two things on my list of, oh, I want to go here, I want to go there, and I don't get to those places, and I'm of local, so, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. You guys did the deed, and it was awesome. You did the thing. And uh, we're going to be reviewing Dream High today, and I really wanted you guys to come on this show and particular review this K-drama because... It is very much influenced by the K-pop industry. And to be quite honest, this is where I learned a lot about the K-pop industry and the machine that it is and so on and so forth. So I was like, I have to get get, you have a K-pop podcast. I was like, oh, perfect. Um, And I've joked on and off about Dream High in multiple episodes because we've covered um, other shows from these direct this director and this screenwriter and this cast so i'm like it's a long time coming for us to cover dream high on the show and i wanted you guys to share this with me and i can't (laughs) wait to hear your thoughts on it um i know (laughs) we're just laughing if you know you know but uh if this is your first time listening thank you so much for pressing play go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of them, many more. And if you like us, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way for other listeners just like you to discover us. And come check us out on social media. When I say us, I just mean me because I like run it by myself. <laughs> but you can stay up to date on everything that I do, all of the shows that I'm watching, our latest episodes and reviews here at Debak. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pod. And if you're a fan, the best thing you can do to be a fan is to become a patron. And it's such a great way for you to get involved, to show your support, and get so much extra content that I put out on there. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, and Grace. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for being here. Okay, so I'm going to just get going. There's not... Stop me if you want to talk about anything in particular when it comes to some of these other shows that are going to crop up here. And some of them we've covered on the podcast. And I know that um, Laura has a deeper well of knowledge when it comes to K-dramas. But please, these people, especially the cast list and the producers, are all from the K-pop world. So, Kathy, if you want to jump in at any point and say your piece on somebody like feel free okay we'll do. thank you so much for the pop. yes okay <laughs> perfect so the my drama list synopsis and this is extremely abbreviated i just kept like the first sentence of it dream high tells the story of six students at kirin art high school who work to achieve their dreams of becoming music stars in the korean music industry 
This show aired from January to February 2011. It is 16 episodes long. And the director is Eon Book. He's directed things like Dream High 2, which is a sequel to this, and we can talk a little bit about it later. School 2013, Secret Love, Descendants of the Sun, which is a massive show. We've covered it on the podcast. Guardian, The Lonely and Great God, a.k.a. Tokebi, a massive freaking show. Goblin, uh, Mr. Sunshine, which we've also covered on the show. So these three bangers, three bangers in a row. Sweet Home from 2020, which is a Netflix show, and he's directing all seasons. I think that's a multi-season K-drama. And then Jiri-san is his most recent work from 2021. The Dream High show was written by Pak Hye-ryeon, and she's written I Can Hear Your Voice, Pinocchio, Page Turner, While You Were Sleeping, which is a show that we've covered here on the podcast, and Startup from 2020, coincidentally. Both of those shows stars Bay Susie. And I'll cover her first as like, I guess she's like the leader of this of this ensemble cast. Bay Susie plays Kohemi, and she, if you don't know, was a member of Miss A, and that is a K-pop group. She's been in uh Goo Family Book and Controllably Fond. Vagabond, Anna, and she will be in this Netflix show called Duna later this year in 2023. Uh, I didn't mention Startup and While You Were Sleeping because I kind of we already just mentioned those um, and we've covered those extensively. They have their own reviews, each of them, on the Debak feed. So we have Bay Susie. Did you guys have anything to say about Bay Susie? <laughs> I mean... I am I'm, I'm actually more surprised about the um director and writer. Like I, I hadn't realized that they had written all of these well, written and directed all of these really big shows. Yeah. And it kinda it's a little weird that <laughs> yeah. Dream High is in there. <laughs> like that, that transition from like, the, the pipeline, the pipeline from Dream High to Goblin. <laughs> is yeah it's it's shocking for sure a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. i agree that it's like all of a sudden the career took like a hard left turn Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's like an amazing director and someone not just if you don't like the work that's fine but the dramas were hits. Like you can't deny, like Descendants of the Sun, Guardian, my, mm-hmm. Mr. Sunshine, Sweet Home. They all had a lot of buzz around them. They were great exports for Korea and the Hallyu Wave, and you know they're household names. I should mm-hmm. say it shows so, that we all have to start somewhere. Yes, we all have to start somewhere. And uh, keep the dream alive, guys, because you could be on the level of Eon Book where you're just putting out hit after hit and you're working with Netflix and you're working with big name stars and doing high budget. Like, Mr. Sunshine is one of the most high production budget key dramas out there and like a prestige television show. So it's it's incredible. It really is to go from Dream High, which looks like it, it does, and you know, is what it is, but. And it's not just Dream High, but Dream High 2. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing that's like a little, okay. 
sure guy yeah absolutely absolutely for those who don't know dream high 2 i have not watched it but i think you might have lauda i got into maybe a couple of episodes and not even my love for jb could help me continue (laughs) like like, yeah jb from god seven yeah in it yeah and and like i love him so much but I, I I I couldn't. It was it was a lot. It was awful. Like Dream High Two is well known for being a terrible show, and like it was a major drop off from Dream High, the first one, which is what we're covering today. And it's such a shame, I guess. But at the same time, like Ian Book rebounded, and he's doing just fine. Um, that's the director, and I think it's a little bit of a of a joke now like the dream high versus dream high 2 versus like is dream high a good show even like you know well we can talk about it a bit more but uh so we we covered the director and the writer and Bay suzy we'll cover the rest of the six students so we have kim so hyun playing song dam song samdong and uh for those who don't know, we just covered My Love from the Star a couple of episodes ago, which is a major like Hollywood wave hit. And then he was also in Moon Embracing the Sun, The Producers, Crash Landing on You, Cameo, uh, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which is a huge one as well. And then he was most recently in One Ordinary Day. I low-key love Kim Soo-hyun, and I hope that his career kind of picks up the way it did like the way it was almost 10 years ago when he was like at the top of his game he had all of the like cf contracts he was a top star and i just don't know why his star waned necessarily like i don't know it's just me i guess that's wondering these things but yeah now we also have taekyung as jinkook and he for those who don't know he was a member of 2pm is a member of 2pm and he's made a pretty successful career as an actor because he's been in Bring It On Ghost, Save Me, Vincenzo, which was a huge kind of sort of breakout role for him. A lot of people didn't know necessarily who Tech was before Vincenzo. And then I think he was in most recently Secret Royal Inspector in Joy from 2021. And he's still working. He's still around. If you see his socials, he's like posting really cryptic, like, photos of like sets and like places where he is filming and stuff and he's he's around like he's still a successful actor and i think he's pretty bankable still not to mention oh keep going for sure what's up oh he just also signed with an agency here in the united states to make that jump yes i am hoping that that pans out for him because I really do think that he is a, a bankable star. He's likable. He's very versatile. And I think he could do pretty well here in the West. I hope that he gets some chances. I remember like this is a kind of a tangent, but not really whenever when uh, Jay Park signed with Rock Nation and how like that was supposed to be like this huge thing and he was going to make a debut an official debut in the States and whatever, because he's signed with rock nation, which is Jay-Z's label and whatever. And like nothing really came of that. It just like came and went. And well, I hope that that's not the case for tech. They don't 
have the same problematic background. So hopefully that's not going to be the same case for both of them. You know, tech is very secretive. I don't I mean, I every K-pop star is secretive of their lives and very protective of their privacy as much as they can be. Like, I don't know anything about tech, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't. All we need to know is that he hasn't alienated like an entire group of people that feel <laughs> attacked constantly and that just, you know, are not really ever going to move on from certain things that were said or done or whatever. So I think he has a really bright future with this move of signing to do work here. And we talked about it in our K-drama episode with you, Jess, that we were like, oh, you know, now that Pax Sejun is going to do Marvels, who else do we think is going to really like break out in the West? And we mentioned tech like as a mm-hmm. possibility because he speaks English and everything. So it just seems like it's falling into place as it should. So yeah. let's hope for that. Hoping and praying for the best for you, Tech, mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. listening for some reason. Okay, so then we have... Um, in his private time. In his private time. <laughs> because he just listens to K-drama podcasts in his spare time. Okay, so to round out the cast, we have Ham, Ham Eun Jung, who plays Yun Becky, and she was a member of Tiara, and... She's been working, but she's really just done like weekend dramas and a handful of movies. Weekend dramas are high episode count, uh, K dramas, and like, you know, sometimes over 100 episodes. And so she's been steadily working, but I don't think she's necessarily made a just a giant impact on the K drama industry as a whole. I don't think she's very memorable. And we have Woo Young as Jason, he's also a member of 2 p.m. And this is literally the only thing he's done in the K-drama world. This only acting credit ever is this one as Jason. And then to round out the cast, we have this little... I don't know if you've heard of Ijeon. Uh, A.K.A. IU. She plays Kim Pilsuk. And um, she's major, major solo star in Korea and worldwide. She's just amazing. I've called her the fairy princess or fairy goddess before in various episodes. She's been in shows like You Are the Best, The Producers, Moon Lover, Scarlet Heart Rio, which we're covering later in the season. Uh, she's been in My Mister, which we did a couple of seasons ago. And, of course, Hotel de Luna, which is um, a pretty big show. Uh, what <laughs> Do you have anything to say about these three? I understand I mean, why why Young did not act ever again. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> Ooh, it makes yeah. sense. So it does. It does. It, it makes. Does. It really does. <laughs> and we, I, but just so you know, just we haven't talked about this. Like we, Laura and I, for once, did not really talk about our thoughts. And things oh, before this nice. episode, so this this is why we're laughing because we are. Uh, well, this might well well I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah. Don't worry, <laughs> we're about to get into it because we've just come to the end of like our ensemble cast. Of course, there's uh, adult characters, and caregivers, and teachers that are more veteran actors or people that you've seen mm-hmm. in other shows more recently. But we're just gonna call it for for now. What? I don't know who wants to go first, but what did you guys think of Dream High? Laura has watched it twice, so I think she can go first. Oh, okay, Laura, go. So I watched it twice. <laughs> and um, 
I personally have this like genre of K dramas that I like that aren't very good, kind of really cringy, but I really enjoy them in their cringe. Um, mm. And Dream High is one of those. I think, in my opinion, what saves it or like what the big difference between Dream High and Dream High 2 is the actors. Like, even mm-hmm. though um, not all six are amazing actors, most of them were. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what saves the drama. They sell this writing, <laughs> this dialogue <laughs> that is cringe-inducing, <laughs> goosebumpy <laughs> feeling. And they, they, you know, they sell it. They give it, they give it like a nice touch where you're like, okay, this is really cringy, but I believe it. They cry really prettily. Like, it's just, I think what makes this drama is the actors. Not going to lie, though, watching it a second time, the cringe went up like four levels. And I Mm. found myself fast forwarding a lot of like scenes. So Mm -hmm. it, it, it was a little bit more painful the second time. This is definitely for me one of those that you only watch once because you're going through a hard time and you don't want to think about anything. (laughs) <laughs> and then never watch again. <laughs> like, got you, got you. So, who would you say were the best uh, actors? Because you said like it's really based on the six, you know, ensemble cast members that we talked about who are, for all intents and purposes, idols. Right. It's an idol drama, and yeah. which ones were the standouts for you? I think. Well, I mean, you could tell IU was gonna go places like IU. She, she, you could tell. I liked how um, IU acted. I liked um, Suhan. How do you say his name? Suhyung. Uh, Kim Suhyung. Suhyung. Yeah. I like Kim Suhyung. And I like Taekyun. I mean, you could I tell it was right. his first, but. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 you could tell he, he, he was going to become better at it. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure about Susie. <laughs> Well, mm, we'll get to talk about it. So, Kathy, what were you? Th- this was your first time watch of Dream High. This was my first and my last. <laughs> <laughs> I will start there. So, okay. Um, before, I would have said that I pretty much like anything because like people would argue about certain movies with me and I can always see where people are coming from and kind of argue the devil's advocate side of why something was made why it's good or why whatever Mm. I did not feel that way with dream high I was surprised (laughs) I was scared to come and share my opinions here because I feel like it's such a cult classic and such a you know generational Mm. cultural impact whatever that I didn't want people to come for me not that I exist at all in any way sort of anything but it was really hard for me to finish this show and I usually finish everything that I start with like movies and stuff just out of curiosity of how it's going to pan out Mm. Um, I had a really hard time with the writing I had a really hard time with the acting I had a really hard time Mm -hmm. with the filming I (laughs) I had a really hard time finding redeeming things to say about the show and I finished it exclusively because we were doing this episode with you which we are so thankful that you invited us over over virtually to talk about it but in in with all all that said 
I'm so grateful that now I know what it is so I can be in the conversation whenever it comes up. To roast it, but I'll be in the conversation. To roast so. it. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of want to talk more about, like, what what you disliked about the show. Um I don't know if I, I don't know if we I don't think now. we have enough time. I don't okay. think we have enough time. You know what? You know what? Uh, I will say my thoughts and Go then ahead. we Go can come, circle back to some of the like general terribleness mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. So And I'm sorry to any fans. I, I just want to clarify this is just an opinion. I am nobody. Don't worry about me. Like so, I just mm-hmm. that's it. So go yeah. Ahead, Again, like in every show, I guess we should have a disclaimer that these are our opinions. It's completely subjective. You don't need to yeah. uh, freak out about anything that we say. We're not the arbiters of taste here. Okay. Like yeah. um, we're just having fun. It's we're all here to have fun. So Dream High, I had watched it. I think in tw- around 2012 or 2013, it was probably one of the first like in the first 25 K dramas that I had ever watched early on. And I was not too far removed from the time period that they had filmed it. And from this era of K-pop, right? Like this is kind of when I started getting into K-pop and I had heard like a couple of 2 PM songs and I had heard like one Miss A song. And I, you know, I was like baby K-pop fan and just dipping my toes into it. And then I get to see dream high and i was like this is a whole new world like this is nothing like the industry here in the states where you like it's all based on like luck or who you know and there's not all this bureaucracy i guess or trainee process i guess the trainee process really was like eye-opening for me and even though there's like giant differences between how it's portrayed in dream high and how it really is in the industry for the most part yes they are taught in classes and having um you know showcases and exhibitions and things that they're graded on like that is all pretty par for the course true of Mm -hmm. the k-pop industry and the trainee process and i was like stunned out of my mind that this was true like for all intents and purposes it is true not that there's a kieran high school that's outsourcing um (laughs) you know trainees into the companies but you know it was um it was very eye-opening for me and i remember feeling a bit cringy about some things and i was like this isn't like the a plus plus writing like I was for some reason I was just like I was still in my boys over flowers era right so I was very forgiving of a lot of things and didn't necessarily feel that strongly about the puzzle pieces that make up a great drama a great tv show or a great film or some something like that something Mm -hmm. to that effect because I wasn't concerned necessarily with the sound mixing was horrendous. Oh and why God. am I hearing why am I hearing oh echoes? Oh my god. Horrible. The horrible. Sound. Yeah. Horrible. Terrible sound mixing. The cinematography is like non existent. It felt like they shot this on like a digital camera. On a microwave. Everything. Yeah. On, <laughs> everything was like overexposed and terrible. And like the actual editing of it, like the shots were too long in so many instances. I was like, why is this shot still continuing? The pacing of the dialogue was terrible. I was like, there's like beats here. It's awkward. Like they, this needs to be edited. This needs to be like toned, you know, tightened up. 
in the script and I was very uh on this watch I was like this is awful like you know all of these puzzle pieces make up my opinion of the show and I was like this is terrible but one thing that I didn't dislike about the show one thing that stayed the same from my initial watch was how much I admired the heart of the characters and this general message of follow your dreams like do whatever you can work hard you know you'll achieve what you what you set out to do your ambitions are you know valid and all of this stuff so like it was very preachy like even on this round i was like this is the preachiest message and they keep saying it over and over again music brings us together music is a universal language and like all of this hokey yeah. <laughs> like messaging you know hit hit me as way more cringe this time but at the end of the day that's what people i think connect to in dream high is like this heart and this um this feeling that you know they can do it it's very aspirational mm-hmm. i think for for a lot of people not just if you've suddenly want to be a creative and want to get into the music industry or want to be a a professional dancer or what have you like it's kind of goes far beyond that and I think it it might even dip into just the culture of Korea right like here if we see a movie like I don't know um like a Mission Impossible or something like that like that's a very action heavy that's very aspirational for a lot of people where you're like yeah I can do this I can beat the gat the bad guy I can save the world like that's kind of embedded into like our DNA of like the Air Force One get off my plane like there's also <laughs> like all of these other facets of like Americanism that's in the movies that we watch here in the West and in Korea this K-pop show that did very well when it aired and sort of launched all of these careers like I feel like people have a lot of nostalgia and good feelings toward it because of the messaging and not just because of the set dressing of it not necessarily Mm -hmm. because they're uh (laughs) putting drawing giant stars on their eyes and like that's trendy now like it's if we're talking about (laughs) the way that it's aged it's aged terribly in that respect Mm -hmm. but you know, I think it's I think it's cute. I think it's um, feel good. I agree with that sentiment of the cuteness and the message. And I, I understand why people like that and why people might gravitate towards a feel good thing of like, if you work hard, you will get the results that you're after kind of thing. I understand that. For me, I guess the problem lies with the fact that when we watch movies or listen to music or watch a K-drama, there's something about we're all looking for that suspension of disbelief moment. Where you want to be transported to that moment and forget that, like, you are living in 2023 and, you know, whatever is happening in the world, wherever you are, and, and geographically speaking. I was not able to do that because of all the other things that were happening at all times. Every time JYP came on the screen, suspension of disbelief <laughs> over. Like, you know? <laughs> like, it was, it was um, every time that I was trying to kind of just, like, give it a chance and get wrapped into the storyline, something would happen, either the sound mixing or the shots or the cinema, something that I was just like, why is this a thing? And I also, I mean, I I think just to give it, I guess, a a couple of positive spins here and there, 
the first three to four episodes are really badly shot, but it gets better. Like, the filming gets better after the fourth or fifth episode. Those kinds of things improve, and obviously the chemistry of the cast as a whole also improves as mm. the... As mm-hmm. the show goes, and I have to say, Suhyun's acting. Like I was, there was like maybe two or three things that kept me alive while I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. One of them was Suhyun's acting. Like he is incredible. I started looking into all of his life, and like I, I, the usual obsession that kind of grows in me when I start liking someone uh, from a show or from a like music or anything happened only with him. I already like mm-hmm. tech, so I kind of already know stuff about him. I use same. But from this show, he was the only one that I was like, I want to know more and I want to know what else has happened with him and what other works he's done because I need to watch more of him. Mm. So I guess that's my thing. It's just the the quality of the shoot and all the other elements that are usually there for either comedy or just keeping it light didn't really work for me. And that's mm-hmm. my, my thing. Yeah. Yeah. No suspension of disbelief for me. Absolutely. You're absolutely right and hitting it on the head especially with jyp in the show how do i put this i girl, <laughs> girl i have thoughts i have so let's thoughts. Ta- i mean let's freaking talk about it because Same. jyp is first of all the drama is co-produced by Young jun's key east and jyp of jyp entertainment Park jing young and then he also acts as like the music director for, mm-hmm. for like the large swaths of the show. Um, Bae Young Jun. I don't know if you and I can have oh, a face to oh, go with that name. That's my opa for life. Obsessed yes. with him. I needed more of him in the show. They took him away. He was like the only good thing that they had going for me. And they Bro. took him out. So I forgot completely that they had this other dude come in. And he was like the principal and like chairman of this Kieran art school or whatever and then he like completely takes himself off the playing board and he's gone you never see him again in the show this is the male lead from the iconic winter sonata drama if you if you've seen that drama in the that k-drama so for him to be in the show and then this was his first um show in three years so this was imagine not seeing this guy for like three years and then all of a sudden he shows up in dream high for like four or five episodes and then just like fucks not off. even bro that's all the budget covered for honestly yeah like it, it's giving that it's giving we had budget yeah. to bring this huge star for two episodes and that's yeah. it yeah like, so he was a co-producer on on dream high and then jyp obviously was heavily involved Bay, um like the winter sonata guy or whatever for lack of a better term if you guys can't like don't have a face the winter sonata male lead guy he was creative producer on the on dream high he provided the overall concept the goals the ideas and then jyp came in and composed the music and choreographed the dance for the series so you, tell. you can freaking tell <laughs> that this is what happened you know like he's JYP, the influence that he had on the show behind the scenes, great. Not taking anything away from that. Him in front of the camera, I'm like offended. Like to this day, I, um, the fact that he put himself in the drama, it's like awful. 
it's, it's and like you heavily. Know, the fact that he just did a, like a little mini tour in the states, it's like his delusion has not worn off <laughs> that he can't do certain things that he really shouldn't <laughs> try in the first place. But really, it's like you know, it, it felt at some point, and if he were more self aware, which I don't think he is, mm. based on the fact that he even did a show in in New York and California, the fact that he. It, it almost felt like he was doing a caricature of himself, like a, yeah. like a self-deprecating character that kind of played on the stereotypes that people had of him at the time, you know? Mm. So it's like, oh, maybe he's, like, in on the joke. No. Like, it just, as the, as the show evolved and as he did more things and, like, the amount of airtime and screen time that was dedicated to his dance sequence and his singing it's like mama pull the plug someone turn the camera off yeah. please it's not good it it yeah. yeah it reeked of him being like an extreme narcissist mm-hmm. and couldn't give the limelight to these kids who are his own tra- a lot of them were his own trainees his yep. he mm-hmm. discovered them like or nurtured them or whatever debuted them out of JYP entertainment and still he decides to be in the drama and this was his acting debut it wasn't like he was an established actor or anything this was the first time you ever see jyp in a show terrible yeah he said coach the coach put me in and yeah and he put himself in is what happened it's and you can see like a tech and and like the rest of the actors like as as much as they were trying to do good acting, they would break anytime he was yes. on, on the screen because they just could see the full of shitness like just coming through. <laughs> their their suspension of disbelief also was not working. Right, with, with this man on set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It felt it felt to me personally. I um, have now an obsession with understanding the behind the scenes and the inner workings of the K-pop industry. And knowing what I know now and knowing what I know of JYP and knowing, you know, the mismanagement of the groups and his agency in general, mm. to not name any group specifically, but most importantly, God 7 in my heart. Seeing him on this show felt like he was on this kind of redemption tour and trying to portray himself, thinking that people would believe the thing mm. as this like good director company ceo person that always wanted to look for the talent and it doesn't matter the looks all that matters is the hard work Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. and i'm just like you cannot be more full of shit like get off my tv right now you know that was was something that came up that was something that came up in the comment section of a few tiktoks that i posted was that people were saying jyp is such a hypocrite and like i absolutely 100 percent get it because if you watch the show The way that his character is crafted is he's like an advocate for the kids and for their talent. And it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter that Ayu's Pilsuk is overweight. It doesn't matter. She has the talent. She has the voice. She can make it in the industry. You shouldn't be trying to change these kids. They're good the way they are. And like all of that messaging that's tied into his character as being this like righteous, uh, you know, holier than thou person is flies right in the face of everything that he stands for and has built under JYP entertainment and all of the um, changes that he's made to his lineup of trainees and debut debut mm-hmm. debu- I don't de- debutants or whatever all the groups <laughs> that he's launched and the the artists that he's uh, nurtured and stuff like that sure he's probably doing a lot of good but yes he's done a fuck ton of harm 
and has cre- created that system that they're trying to rail against with his character in Dream High. Yeah. So I can understand why people are upset, not necessarily that he's just a bad actor, the character's shoehorned into why is JYP in his own fucking show. The fact that he's also like spewing all of this revisionist exactly. uh, nonsense mm. Is also deeply offensive. Yeah, I think like we know who you are, and he was trying to sell this thing to us that he wasn't mm. that, and it's just now even more offensive. Like ten plus years later, that it's only mm-hmm. gotten worse. So. Right, yeah. right. And 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 within the show, you could see who his favorites were, like the fact that he included Susie, he included just those two members from Two PM. Like you could tell that he mm. was trying to sell specifically. Yeah. Well, mostly Susie. <laughs> but then, like, you know, threw in some 2 p.m. members just to kind of, like, mm-hmm. yeah, not look so bad, I guess. It's a commercial for JYP mm-hmm. Entertainment. Literally. Literally. And that's what's unnerving about the whole thing is that you can't, like, divorce yourself from the concept of JYP is not just trying to rebrand himself only a few years into what second gen K-pop But he's also trying to introduce audiences and have sort of like a groundswell effect for these artists that he's launching that are just a few years into their career and might not be household names like they are now. Like I feel like Tech and Suzy and Kim Soo-hyun, like all these people and IU, like don't let IU. These are household names now, mm-hmm. maybe in part because of Dream High, but mostly because they just, <laughs> they're amazing. Like right. they have the talent, they have the giftings of, of someone that was going to go far in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we should thank JYP necessarily for, <laughs> or if we should still like, you know, shit on him. But like, honestly, it is quite a, a an experience to watch Dream High knowing what you know now and knowing how their careers turned out, everyone's careers. I'm no. not going to go as far as thanking him. I'll say even a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's mm. as far as I'm going to go with giving him any sort of credit for anything. Mm. So um, I'm so glad that we talked about the JYP <laughs> of it all. Getting it out of the way so we yeah. can cleanse yeah, our palates on after this. Other things. Yes, please. Yeah. So well, I mentioned Kim Sukyeon. He is the only member of the ensemble cast who was not an idol and mm-hmm. still is not an idol never was part of a, a group or anything, but he did train for three months at JYP Entertainment in order to portray this role well and kind of hone in on his singing and dancing. So that's a, very a little... Admirable. Very yeah. admirable. To go three months, I mean, I don't know if they put him through like the ringer necessarily, but you know, I'm sure that it was difficult. Yeah. A difficult thing. Um... Do you guys have anything else to add? Because I have a little more fun facts about the no. show. Go ahead. No? Okay. So, like I said before, it was pretty, the, the show was popular, especially popular among teenagers, and the average viewership ratings were about 15.7% during its two-month run. And I don't know if you got around to watching this. I didn't have time to watch the special episode, episode 17. I watched a chunk of it, unfortunately. You did? Okay. I couldn't, so I couldn't they, bring myself to do it. Not the first J- time, not JYP, the second time. JYP thought we needed to watch him dance in a red suit for a second time because the, the B-roll no. in the actual show was not enough. So I couldn't. You know. I'm, I, we're making faces here, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the cast of the show performed in a special concert 
in Seoul, and that was aired the day after the series ended, and that's episode 17. I have, to this day, I don't think I've ever watched episodes, just clips um, here and there, but not... It's not well-produced. To whom surprise, nobody's. It's not, like, you know, the games and stuff, there's awkwardness, there's just, it's not good. I watched, like, maybe 20 minutes of it, because once the show ended, I was like, did it really end like this? Like, this is it? Like, there's no, like, nothing else? That's, That's what you're gonna, like whatever i'm like i sat through this like i sat through it and this is how you're going to freaking like pay me back kind of thing so at some point i was like i can't so i stopped yeah okay well fair enough i kind of had the same feeling where i was like you know what this is that's enough do i need to watch episode 17 no i don't think i do it's not required reading um but like I said, the the show did pretty well, like when it aired and it won a bunch of KBS drama awards, like best supporting actress for um, Lee Yoon-ji, best new actor and popularity award for Kim Suk-hyun, best new actress for Bae Suzy. <laughs> well, I will say the second reason. So the first uh, thing that kept me alive was Soo-hyun. The second thing was Lee Yoon-ji's acting. Like I loved her. I hate who she became at the end of the show. She actually had, like, all the substance as, like, the evil stepmother teacher person. And then, like, uh-huh. I I don't know when she became this, like, something good is happening. And I'm just going to cry for five minutes for no absolute, like, reason. And the whole, like, clipping in the flower thing on oh, her yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. No mama. Like, no. Yeah. What, is, this what is, happened? She was one of the teachers um, in the show, for those who don't know. She was teacher she. Mm-hmm. And she was like a freaking badass. The baddest badass of all the baddies. Yes. Yeah. And her hairstyle was like kind of like slightly before it was cool to do that like Giving hairstyle. Yeah. Like um, she's <laughs> It's like Ian Flux stuff. <laughs> before the can I speak to your manager? She had this like cool cut. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And she's been in so many shows. Um, like Princess Hours. She was one. Princess Hamyong, she's been in The King Two Hearts as a cameo. She's been in Revolutionary Love, The Third Charm, Extraordinary Attorney Wu as Jisoo. Um, I don't remember that character. Do you guys remember that character? I, I was looking into it too because I saw that Pakumin and she had like both been on Attorney yeah. Wu and I was like, I don't remember her. It doesn't really ring a bell because I was like, wow, what a bad bitch. I need to watch more. So she was the like, right? second person that I looked into that I wanted to see more of her. Outside you know, of I think that if you watch her in Princess Hours, you'll enjoy her character. She's okay. like a really strong, um, sweet prince at the complete opposite of her character here in okay. Dream High. But I think she's wheelchair bound. If I'm as not long mistaken. as it's like makes sense. I just want the character to make sense. You know oh, yeah. No, it she makes sense in Princess Hours. I definitely That's liked it. her character. She's a, ple- a pleasure in that. Yeah. So uh, she won for uh, what was it? Yeah. Best Supporting Actress, Best New Actress for Bae Suzy, Best Couple Award for Kim Soo-hyun and Bae Suzy. And this is all the KBS Drama Awards. The show was nominated for a bunch more, including a bunch of Song Awards. They did not win any Song Awards, but they were nominated, which is a big deal in and of itself. The sequel, like I said, aired a year later with a different cast starring Kang Sora, God Sevens, JB, and Jin Young, two AMs, Jinwoon, Tiara's Jinyoung, <laughs> and Sistar's Hyolin, Ailey, and Park, Park Sojun. Like, Park Sojun was in Dream High, too. Um, 
We all gotta start somewhere. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Dream High was adapted into a Japanese stage musical. And speaking of musicals, they have announced that it's going to be a stage musical in Korea. Uh, it's supposed to open this year. I don't know if that's still happening, if they're working towards that, or if it's just going to be like, surprise, here it is. But yeah, that's a, it's quite a legacy that it has. Um, you know what I wondered while, while I watched it? Because the one thing that I did talk with Laura about is, like, she knows that I, I can't do cringe. And, that, <laughs> and, and she knew that I wasn't going to like the show because of that. So... What I wondered in a few t- like of the moments of the, like the show did have <coughs> some solid uh, just grounding moments there is what if it had been done in 2022 uh-huh. with love all play treatment like if it had been treated with that writing style with that camera style with that acting style I don't think I would have had such a hard time watching it as I mm. as mm. as you know what it was right. again it's just me because clearly like it did well when it uh perf- when it came out and also i looked for other negative reviews because i felt very alone and i was like i feel like i'm the only person who's ever gonna say anything negative about this show and i, I was like i don't want to be canceled <laughs> at this point in my life but and i really couldn't find any negative reviews like i mean i'm not gonna say i looked for hours but i looked like just briefly yeah and yeah i couldn't find anything but i really was thinking if that show had been made today with the right budget really it's a problem and the right people it would have been better uh-huh. I, I think the people were right like the actors were right it was sure. just they were at the very beginning of their career right, and jyp was way too involved right. oh so if God, you take yeah. away his cringiness and like you said give it a whole different like backup or like thought yeah, process yeah it, it it'd be pretty good yeah. I, I think uh, some people wanted uh, in the comments on TikTok. People were like, "I hope they do this with stray kids, like do a no. dream high, like no. stray kids." No. <laughs> Immediately, no, no, please, no. All right, I wanted to bring it up and see your reaction. Perfect. So you guys are like, <laughs> "Hell no, no, no." Um, let let our lote friends who do like the commercial oh. acting keep stray kids because they're doing great with those. I love that for them. They're great for that. They have the budget. They can do that. So, Got you. Yeah, it's not that stray kids can't act, just to be uh, clear. I, I think that they can act. I just don't want K-drama heaviness, like cringy K-drama heaviness on them. It was, right like, to give an idea for people that are not going to watch the show ever, there is an entire TVTropes.org article on the tropes that are featured in Dream High, which Bro. is pretty rare for them to do for a K-drama. <laughs> I like, made a note about that. How many tropes? Like, it was, it was a bingo so card. Many. It was yes. a bingo card with the tropes. I started scrolling through to see if I could, like, include any in the episode. But I was like, this is too many tropes to say on a single, uh, you know, podcast episode. I was like, this is so... So many um, metas, children, Sundere character. It's not like, even like even like more like collectors, like like um, niche ones put on a bus. I didn't know that was a trope. And in universe <laughs> example, Jinguk's politician dad aims to do this to yeah. him by sending that him out of the country, mm-hmm. out of the country, so that no one can find out he abandoned Jinguk and smart. Like that's a put on a bus trope is <laughs> in here. Punch a wall trope. Princess in rags trope. I'm telling you, it's endless. Master it's of the much. mixed message trope. It's entirely too much. 
love triangle trope. I mean, I mean, it's endless. So I might link that in the show notes in case anybody is interested in seeing every single trope that Dream High utilized um, throughout. And also, Last, really quickly, oh, it's shot like a like a novela, like a Hispanic novela. Like when I started watching it, I was like. This is literal, like, the TV that I used to watch up until, like, 2007, 2008. 100%. Like, Univision Telemundo novela yes. style is the way that it's shot. So, maybe maybe you like that. So, maybe you will like it. Maybe you like it. I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't feel any type of way about it. My T- parents would love it. They it's love really this like type of oh. novela type that, like, only airs around 4 p.m. or 7 p.m. Ooh, they love it. They love it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I didn't feel any type of way about it the first time I watched Dream High. This time I was like, this is unwatchable. But uh, speaking of unwatchable, the last topic that I wanted to talk about before we give our scores and get into spoilers was Bay Susie. What did you think of Bay Susie's acting? Personally, it, it wasn't bad, but it was just very... I mean, don't get me wrong. Taekyeon was also kind of one note, but he was... I love him, so it's fine. (laughs) There's no real reason. But hers was very just one note throughout. And what I did appreciate is the way that she could form these really, really big, big tears that like roll down her face. I was like, damn, girl, you hydrated. It's like really big tears. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure if this was her first one. I, I think it might be her first one. Um. So you could, I mean, you could just tell that they just didn't have a lot of experience. This is indeed the first thing that Susie has ever done, ever in her acting career. All of them could cry really easily. And that's another note that was positive that I wrote. Like whatever acting training they received or whatever trauma they've been to in their lives, like I feel bad (laughs) for them because the ability to cry on cue, all of them was extremely impressive to me. Because I'm like, I'm like, I know actors are trained for this, but even this level of crying, I was very surprised. With her, I will tell you, and this is about the character, not about Susie, so please no one come for me. What I wrote from episode one at the end was no redeeming qualities other than a sad story. Complete, unlikable bitch. I hate her. Like, that kind of person who just, like, is entitled to, like, everyone give me my flowers just because I exist. Like, I don't, I don't like those characters at all. And the fact that at the end of the story they try to make sense of it of like oh she's just a clone of her dad and that's why she's the way she is oh true also doesn't math as a as a reason for being the way she was as far as Susie's acting it gave Kristen Stewart with like Mm -hmm. oh this is the face that I make when I'm sad and this is the face that I make when I'm happy and whatever like it it tried they tried to make it comedic Mm -hmm. but I wasn't really even at the end when she had transformed and now she was like (laughs) actually like allowing herself to feel things it wasn't really there for me so Mm -hmm. I okay was not a fan of her first acting job but I'm looking forward to seeing what she's done more recently the only acting part where I was like okay I believe it was not the only one but one that's really stuck to me was oh but this is spoilers okay you know what we'll We'll say that for spoilers i will just say my general thoughts about we'll jump right back into Susie (laughs) after spoilers but my general thought on her acting in this was that it was uh atrocious (laughs) i thought i thought she was atrocious and like coming back to it after seeing seeing other Susie performances, I'm like, 
either she's improved or she's done a really good job of hiding how bad she is at acting by mm. being in great dr- dramas. Mm. Because dramas better first than she time, is. Uh, watching her, but I had heard so many good things about her. I think uh-huh. I also came in with pretty high expectations. So the shock and the fall was even harder for me when I watched the acting here. So yeah. And what was sad for me is that I could see glimpses of other characters and other acting performances that she's done since Dream High mm-hmm. in Dream High. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, is it just because she's a bad actress and she's sort of like masking her inadequacies very well nowadays. I was like rethinking my entire opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like her. inexperienced acting with terrible writing is not yeah. a good formula. You true. Know? No, true. It's not. It's not. She really didn't have a lot to work with to begin exactly. with because of the bad writing. So it was just a bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mix. feel bad. Mm-hmm. I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what would you give this show out of five soldier bottles? Oh no! <laughs> realistically, like realistically, yeah, yeah, like just let it fly. Anything above a two <laughs> is wrong, <laughs> but just for like nostalgia, I guess a three. But like anything above a two is wrong, in my personal opinion. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> I right. actually do like it, but if I have to be like. I, I, I like the drama and like what this would is, you have rated it the first time that you watched it without anything of these you know conversations oh the first time I watched it I knew it was bad but again I have this really really <laughs> genre of of, of 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 movies or K dramas that I really enjoy the cringe. Like the cringier it is, the better. Like sometimes on Netflix, <laughs> I'll watch like the really cringy like teenage stuff that like everyone's like, Ugh, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. What am I doing? I question my whole life, but I can't stop watching it. And this is that. Mm-hmm. So it ranks high in my personal, but I know that it's not good. You're like, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I do. I do understand that completely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. For me, I had thought about if I wanted to get canceled by rating it a one or if I was going to give it a two just for like Who's going to cancel you? I don't know, girl. I just, you know, social media makes me think things <laughs> and I'm just scared of people. But okay. no, I, I just uh, honestly speaking, I was somewhere between a one and a two. Like, I'm not going to give it a 1.5. I think I could solidly say, like, for me, it's a one out of five. Unwatchable would never recommend it to anyone. That I like, appre- like I respect it. If I respect someone, I would never be like, you should watch Dream High. Like, no, go no. on. If you want to know what happened, go on Wikipedia. Don't even watch a clip because it's not, it's not worth it. Like okay. clips of Ooh. what? The dancing that was terrible? Eesh. No. You know? Okay. Like, no. So, yeah, it's a one out of five. I said what I said. Cancel me. Fuck it. Sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. So for me, I think I'm going to give it a two and a half. If, you, if I think of it on a good day after listening to it, like a bunch of 2 p.m. songs, then maybe I'll give it a three yeah. out of five for nostalgia, pure nostalgia. Because even mm-hmm. after I watched Dream High, and if you look, go back and listen to some other episodes on Devok where I talk about Dream High briefly, I'm like, <coughs> it's a joke. Like, it's a joke of a K drama. It's not a yeah. true right. K drama. It yeah. is a tongue in cheek. Th- these are idols it's an idol drama before like it was 
cool mm-hmm. to be a, an idol in a drama. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It is worst case scenario, I would say, mm. because they're playing to their strengths. They're playing <laughs> facsimiles of themselves. And, you know, it's not heavy lifting at all for them. So maybe a three on a good day, but really it's like a two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half out of five soju I'll, I'll give it five out of five bottles of soju in terms of I would have to drink five bottles to be able to watch <laughs> it again. You know, Sorry. just for Sohyun's eyes, I'd give it a five out of five. Do you know what? Oh Sohyun gets a five out of five for he me as well. He gets a ten out of five. Oh my He's God. perfection. Like, He's wow. so good in this. Wow. Oh my God. All right, so we're we're just we're just about done with the general section. We're gonna get into spoilers right after this. Hey, you wanna come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers, so let's jump back to Susie and what, <laughs> Laura, you were talking about something that's gonna be a bit of a spoiler. So why don't you? So the only time that I believed her, and this is only because she was literally in her element, Mm. was when one of the um, exams came up and they had to emote or sing the song with like emotion. When she sang that, I believed her because she's a singer and she's literally been training to do this. So when she sang it, I was like, okay, like if you could do this for the rest of the of the like series it'd be great but it was just like a slight little moment where i was like yeah. okay she has potential but yeah. it was just her doing her job so mm. it was a pivotal moment for the character that was a turning point for her so it it showed like she did it well she yeah. played mm-hmm. well to it yeah 100%. yeah but that's about wow. it all right fair and um, I mean, I'd have all the emotions looking at Tuck in the face like that, like singing. To well, him. <laughs> just saying. I just, just sat saying. back in my chair like, um, how do I put this? This show is maybe like a cross between Step Up, High School Musical and Camp Rock. <laughs> and uh, the story is super obvious. The conflicts are very clear. This drama doesn't do anything terribly new, uh, but it does tap into, like I said before, a lot of stuff that's positive about youth dramas or school dramas and that it's all about feels. It's all about heart. And ultimately, the story is about an underdog. It's an underdog story and we can all root for underdogs. So the I think in episode one, they tease that there's this artist k who's going to perform at the grammys and mm-hmm. he's a huge star the first korean uh artist to perform at the grammys and this is in 2018 that is the present day i guess that mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. the rest of the show is a flashback essentially right, but right. did any of you guess who artist k was so uh, when i first watched it no i mean at the very end oh, you yeah, realize who it is show. but no i didn't okay i, I thought it was I a group 
I didn't think oh, it was a solo person. So I, I, I at first, it was just giving a lot of like the current mm. conversation with like South Korean talent and all the groups vying for American attention. So I thought it was uh-huh. a group like immediately from that. I didn't really like understand in the moment until the end that it was a solo person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Um, how sick of the pendant necklace did you get by the end of the show? Girl. I wanted it. I was like, yo, can I Where's get, the merch? Can I get a pendant like to be lucky for X amount of time, please? I thought it was a really ugly necklace too. It Disgusting. Was. It was. Disgusting. It looked like a, you know, an Olympics logo from nineteen ninety eight. It was like stuck in, <laughs> stuck in like, a pendant form. It looked like you know now when kids the uh, the commercial like your kid can draw an animal and we can yes. bring it to life. Yes. It looked like a director asked his kid to do like a, a yes. cute logo and then they printed it like three D printed it. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I also thought this was funny that they in episode one they introduced Susie as an opera singer. Oh, I was, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, Literally, I have funny. a note that says it's in Spanish. ¿Quién le crea a Susie que está cantando ópera? Yo no, ni Nobody. tampoco la mamá. Like, who would believe she's singing it? She's it. Oh my god, it was so bad. It was bad. It was, so it was bad. bad. And then she got accepted into Juilliard. Do you expect me to believe that? So that's a question that I had watching this whole drama. How old are they so like how old are they supposed to be? Like are they right. supposed to be just getting into high school? Are they at the They're end of high freshmen, school? So yeah. So like Juilliard oh. what at 12? Like no, they have to be teenagers. I want to say like 17 or 18 years old, which is why they can be considered freshmen because they still have a further two years before they're considered adults and they're 20 years old and out of high school. So I guess they're eight, she's 18 and going to Juilliard. I guess she doesn't need to finish her this is, version this is of high school. another of the suspension of disbelief issues that I had because <clears throat> at the end also when like, Oh, your aunt got you a spot at Juilliard. Like, oh, no. Mama, that's not how this works. Like That was terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like the 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 math wasn't mathing, the the I's weren't dotted, the T's were not crossed. Like it it was impossible <laughs> how they were go- getting from point A to point B. Yeah, at every point right. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. The aunt, it's some aunt that we never see is like going to pay for her tuition and like But you got her- make the debt disappear so that this girl didn't have to like literally go into no it's uh, no it's no. very confusing overall no. did you guys get excited with kim hyun jung at the airport in episode one he's one of the members of I boys did. over flowers f4 did you get I excited did. yeah I just because just because i i, I really liked him even though yeah. i hated the drama but i just liked him I so like, when oh. i when i saw him i was like okay cute don't know why you're there but cute okay i see yeah yeah did you recognize him kathy i did not no man all right that's fair his career is basically done um i don't think he's done anything recently but he was a a famous alum of kitten arts high school and that's how he was like shoehorned into the drama yeah um very cool though but tech gets introduced i thought tech was so cool like from day one i was like tech's character is such a cool dude like he's a bad boy archetype but with a heart of gold and 
He saves Susie from these thugs who like want her to pay back her father's debt with her body because that's a thing, I guess. And uh, what is it? He starts jumping over cars yeah, and the, in the slow Kill motion. Bill crazy 88, like scene with like 10 people coming at you and you're like, Gacha! and got all of them in one go. Like, girl. Yeah, He's he was so doing handsome. parkour. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, some of the references, though, that they do for uh, current K-pop stars or current artists are, like, way dated. Because the debt collector dude, who becomes, like, a ally later in the show. Bestie. He, yeah. He wants to use, he wants Susie to pay back the debt in by becoming a famous K-pop artist and debuting he wants her to be famous like Ihyori. And I was like, whoa. I was like, whiplash, because that's a name that you don't even hear nowadays. Ihyori, mm. you know? Dated. Dated. Yeah, it's dated. It's dated. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but there was some needle drops that like I did end up listening to after the show finished. And one of them happens in episode two where Wu Young is dancing outside of the audition hall <sighs> and the end tech, tech is watching him do this like weird ass like dance routine and when i say weird it's just it's like dated as hell like it's that's not considered stellar dancing by today's standards so he's like doing <clears> these <throat> like really like Ooh, like that's dated the dude that gets moves. the red buzzer at American. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> Americans Got Talent. Yeah, like yeah, and go through. Uh, he does not go through, but Wu Young is dancing to Neo's One in a Million. Yeah, and I was Loved like, it. oh my god, I love this song. Loved it. <laughs> like even today. Um, tech. I know you usually oh, ask ahead. about the OST at the end of like yeah. the, the recording, but What's it's up? just like Talk that was the me. only thing that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sit back and enjoy the fact that like the Star Wars OST is playing right now. Like, why is why was there so much John Williams in this show? I, I why was know? there little Wayne six foot seven in the show? <laughs> like, I want to know. Like Neo Opa OST, I get it. Okay. Get right, it. right, right, right. Neo, I get. Little Wayne, six foot seven, Star Wars. I don't. It's know. cool. <laughs> I had a moment when I don't. I don't remember what episode this is, but Tech is on like a daytime talk show with his dad because the dad's trying to spin this story like, oh, he's not my biological son, he's my adopted son, whatever, because he's an asshole and a politician. And when he's saying this whole like sob story of how he adopted Tech's character, they're playing the main theme of Schindler's List. Oh my god! In the background. I saw a comment about that, and I was like, "What?" I, I was taken aback. I was so taken aback because you're telling me the like sad violin music that you choose to put behind this very fake sob story that the dad is giving on daytime television here in the show is Schindler's like Schindler's list are you kidding no which is why I was saying like it's not just Star Wars John Williams it's Schindler's list John Williams too in the show I mean that's I mean that was a lot 
I just did they get the rights? Like, are they paying royalties? Are they That's gonna get I sued? Wonder. That was I my don't thing. know. That's what I, I wonder too. I'm like, you can't use the Star Wars. I'm like, I know they used it for less than ten seconds, but you can't use like Star Yo, Wars. That's serious. Really? Yeah. 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 I don't know. You Maybe know that's what? where I'm, all their money went. Oh, to licensing these songs. Yeah. The John Williams mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of properly warming their actors. Jesus <laughs> I was so pissed off. These people oh, were and, um, freezing the whole time. Uh, let's Swan talk Lake. about that. Swan that Lake was, too. Oh, Swan Lake. Yeah, that was another one the where they freezing, did a whole routine. The freezing breath. My God. And the okay. So what we're referring to for those who haven't watched the show and are in the spoiler section, the entire show was shot during the winter. It's a winter show through and through, and they apparently, evidently, had zero heating in any of the production and so you see their breath throughout the show every actor when they're breathing when they're talking you see their breath and it's unnerving that the entire production was in freezing temperatures and they're dressing these Mm -hmm. they're wearing mini skirts they're wearing little clothing little blazers Damn. and that's it like the only one that was okay was iu because she had a fat suit for half the literally I, oh was my struggling. god everyone else was struggling let's talk about take you ears were red. oh my god red. Red throughout the whole, the whole they were freezing show. they had El more visible breath inside the building than in the outside scene yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. wild i was horrible. like i got bronchitis from watching the show horrible horrible <laughs> like horrible. that was yeah. so bad Okay, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised price if all of them got super sick during for the sure. show. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's like, ugh, it was terrible. It was very um, distracting as well. Very. Like when you're watching, very, very you're like, I don't care what they're saying. That girl's freezing. Freezing mm-hmm. her ass off. Suspension like, of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about IU in the fat suit. No oh, um, God. When I first of all, when I originally watched the show, I had no idea who Ayu was. So when they started removing the fat suit and the prosthetics on her face and stuff, I was shocked at how beautiful this random like woman was. I was like, this girl is stunning and her voice is amazing. This was my introduction to Ayu. What did you guys feel about Ayu in the fat suit and her whole characterization and how the cast? Or not cast, but how the other characters treated her throughout the show. I hated every second of it. Yeah. Like, the fat suit was horribly made. Like, they only... It wasn't a fat suit. They just took her leggings or whatever she was wearing them and then padded them, but they padded it, like, horrible. Like, it would not have gone well in, like, drag race. Like, it was just (laughs) terrible, terrible, terrible. It was, like, lumpy and, like, weird. And then it stopped at the knees. They didn't go all the way up the thighs. So it was just, like, really, really, like, bulbous, like, uh, Mm -hmm. lower part of the leg and then, like, super skinny super skinny thighs and it was just it, it was i i i hated every second and also like the first couple of episodes like i think the i guess the storyline was that she had started losing weight even though she was like still eating a lot but it was like they just took off the face prosthetics but her body yeah. was the same right right <clears throat> and then the storyline it's i mean the only thing that i like didn't hate and i was like, okay props to them was that like okay she lost the weight after the 200 days or whatever and then Jason was trying to, like, 
get something out of her and she's mm-hmm. like actually i just realized that you're trash so like bye <laughs> oh like, my god that was that was I the like only that thing that i was like okay girl yeah. power like you yeah know, yeah you know, that's i like it. that too absolutely but the rest of the thing that it was like oh 200 days of starving herself and ends up with hepatitis a because she wants to date a guy sure <sighs> let's promote god. that to the children who wears a fedora like this over one eye <laughs> oh god i hated that fedora <laughs> <laughs> And the bad English, like the bad pronunciation. I think I heard that Tech was helping him with his English pronunciation. But I think I, was I like, texted Laura something about that. I'm like, the irony of like Tech actually speaking English, but they didn't put him on that role, but they put Wu Young on that role, but, but they he put can't Young. speak anything. Cool. Makes sense. Do you know, I thought, I didn't think much of the English the first time I watched it, of Jason's English. Mm-hmm. But on this watch, I was like, he's terrible. Like, it's, it's terrible pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. He, he's trying though. There's but also it's not no good. backstory to him. Like we're not ever no. led into the thing of why he started out basically yeah. like only speaking English and no one could understand him. But he speaks perfect Korean and he has a sister named Julie. But like <laughs> Jason and Julie. So like, do you have an American mom? Like, what is the thesis? Like, we right. never got it. We exactly. never understood why. They don't care. I mean, that's my villain origin story. <laughs> and I, we never knew why, why Jason was. Who is Jason? Tell us who he is. Yeah. Um. What was I talking about? Oh, IU. So, IU in the fat suit. I think it's really sad because the show doesn't do such a good job of providing a or refuting like fat phobia. Mm. Uh, the teachers are the ones that tell her like you got you got to lose weight and uh what was the teacher was she was saying like you should eat breakfast like a queen and lunch like a whatever i heard that my whole life growing up by the way yeah it's a common um every day of my life advice for people yeah if you want to lose weight like don't eat a large dinner eat a large breakfast and whatever and i just feel like it's just perpetuating this terrible cycle of you know self-loathing and self-hatred that she ends up talking briefly about towards the end of the show where she was like if I continue down this road trying to be an idol and trying to get famous they're just gonna dig up these photos of me when I was fat and I was happy when I was fat I loved my life when I was fat I was I didn't hate myself in the slightest and they're going to make me hate myself. That was cute. And I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, That's an, an incredibly nuanced take yeah. on, you know, being overweight in, this, in an industry that just will not support that. And the way that she ends up at the end of the show, which is, I don't know if you guys liked it or hated it or had no feelings toward it, but she ends up being like an elementary school or like preschool a teacher. teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And she's singing to the students. That's like her outlet. Her musical outlet is just to like sing to her little students. And um, she's gained back some weight, not like how she was at the beginning with the prosthetics, but she's gained back some of some weight and she's still semi dating Jason, what I guess. Going on there? I don't yeah. even know what's going on there, but um, I think the way that they handled the relationship between her and Jason turned out to be a plus for me mm-hmm. because Jason ended up liking her when she was fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the photo that he had on his phone background was her with all of the prosthetics and when she was at her heaviest. And I was like, <coughs> that's 
something. That was right? the only I, American thing he had to offer. Yeah. The show. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense about him. Right. I wish they had written it better, I guess, when because he'd rejected her when she confessed her feelings and she was still overweight. So I was like, I think that was a miss. I think he should have definitely done more, I guess, romantically when she was overweight than suddenly 200 days later and she starved herself to be IU. <laughs> now suddenly he wants the confession out of her. I agree, but I, I, I don't know if I was the only one who like saw it this way. When he, like, cause she was the one that offered. She's like, give me 200 days and I'll lose yeah. the weight. Yeah, At yeah. that he point, didn't... he knew that it was, like, the commercial, like, right. wasn't going to play. So yeah. I thought, like, he was like, okay, fine, lose the weight. But it wasn't for him. It was so no, it was she for could the, get her, the credit her, for the music. Exactly. Yeah. It was for so her career. So I actually, career. like, liked it. Like, I liked it. It wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't, I don't know if he wasn't expecting her to actually go through with it and, like, lose the weight. But I, I, I at least appreciated that he really had no selfish interest there he just wanted her to get Correct. her flowers yes so, true. absolutely yeah. yeah he was um sort of tricking her into losing weight so that she could further her career and get credit where she deserved credit because they were stealing yeah. her voice um like singing in the rain style so yeah. uh i like ended up liking jason as a character i thought he had you know a lot of these characters had major growth throughout the series and jason's one of them iu i don't think she necessarily changed throughout the show her character sort of stayed the same she was very sweet and um just a lovely sort of character who loved herself if she was fat or skinny or whatever um which is powerful i thought that was powerful that's what i said (laughs) that was cute when you mentioned the speech like the fact that she said like i was happy then that's a powerful Mm -hmm. thing that i don't think we get to hear often on tv of mm-hmm. people actually like being happy and accepting themselves when they're not at the weight that everyone wants them to be. Mm-hmm. That was a I think it would have been even more powerful in the long run if IU's appearance sort of changed over time, right? She still looks exactly like she did in the show. Um, she still is sort of ageless. She's still super skinny. And I don't know if there's any truth to this. I remember hearing some people like on TikTok trying trying to do the IU diet, which is like a sweet potato and a carrot or something like that. It was like something wild. Like she basically doesn't eat. That sounds about right. And I was like, uh, so then I'm like, this is like not not that she necessarily needs to believe the message that she puts forth in any of the dramas or movies that she does but it would be really nice if she just ate like a regular person and wasn't eating sweet but two sweet potatoes a day or whatever it is no idol eats like a normal person it's sad it's so sad like literally no idol eats like a normal person when we see them when we see like the biggest evidence is when any of them go to the military like now Mm. jen just posted a picture not to make everything about idols all the time but he just posted a picture and it's like oh they're they're eating three times a day and they look like a normal person every like bts is one of the idol groups that tends to talk about dieting and starving themselves more than Mm. other groups do and most of them eat one meal a day, if yeah. uh, if at all. Like, they yeah. say specifically, like, today is no food day. Like, today I only had a protein shake. Ugh. They're yeah. all, yeah. like, to get their chiseled jaw looks and everything, they don't eat, like, any normal yeah. person. So I'm not surprised yeah. that if, I, if you told me IU eats three little, like, things of grass 
I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So who was the person that I was just talking to somebody about? The, oh, rain, rain. So I was talking to somebody about rain, rain because rain is still keeping up his insane physique. He's incredibly fit. And I think he still just eats one meal a day. Yeah. Eats Cold one Kunst, like large meal a day. Also famously eats only one meal a day. Like, the most of the people will talk about this openly because for them yeah. eating disorders are normal right and in yeah. that way so yeah it's it's incredibly disheartening like kai yeah, talks about good. it a lot he says uh, to all his fans he's like you guys need to eat not like us because we don't eat correctly if this wasn't my job i would eat like a normal person but because i chose this life I have to eat the way that I have to to maintain the body. Mm-hmm. But you guys shouldn't follow what we do because it's not good. You so. know, they did say that in the show. I think one of the teachers was like, you know, part of this career, part of this job is maintaining this look, right? And if everyone could do it, then they would, but not everyone can do it. So that's why people respect and admire this sort of aspirational look that you project as a k-pop star and i was like okay cool so we're just gonna starve people and create eating disorders left and right mm-hmm. just to maintain up prop up this industry and I'm, I'm like i'm like this is all problematic right like nothing is is okay about uh idolizing these people that look like this when what do they have to do to create this this isn't natural you know and I'm sure a lot of girls, especially because you mentioned earlier, like the they had a heavy demographic of teenagers watching this show back then. Yeah, yeah. Tried the diet that IU's character did because they kind of showed some sketches on TV of like the food that she would eat in the morning and right. the afternoon and at night. I'm sure many girls tried it themselves just to get the same results kind of thing. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just not healthy for no. yeah. society as a whole. But Korea's not there yet. Not yet. Do you know, I... Um, my sister has a friend or an acquaintance who is Asian and she said that she was a trainee. And when my sister told me that, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what did she, what was the group that she was possibly going to be in? And they were, she was like, I, she said that she was going to be an SNSD, Girls' Generation. And I was like, you're fucking joking. So the reason why she quit was because they wanted her to get a bunch of plastic surgery. But on top of that, she is on the normal side as far as height. I guess she's like 5'4 or so. And they wanted her to get leg extension surgery, which is a major freaking surgery for her to get a little more height, for her to be taller. And she was like, no, I'm tapping out. Like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, even I didn't think to that effect oh, no, they'll they go would that go. Yeah. So I was, I mean, what other... Ki- podcast episode can i talk about this crazy story but yeah i was like insane whatever we hear nothing is really surprising when it comes to like agencies and the lengths idol idols will go to and i had seen recently some i guess westernish interviewer went to some k-pop group like i don't know if they're trainees or what they are like a girl group to interview them at their dorms and i don't know why Mm -hmm. they ended up opening the fridge and it was only eggs and chicken (gasps) <gasps> like eggs and chicken breasts like they don't have they can't cheat because they don't have a way to cheat and right. get food like they genuinely don't they're not afforded they're not given because they, they live on the stipend of the company so whatever right. they're allowed to buy right. like they don't really have money of their own 
So eating is not a priority and plastic surgery is literally for everyone. And they have to just do these crazy things because they get brainwashed into thinking that this is the only way that they'll succeed. Right. And that they have to do these things. So it's mm-hmm. truly like, I don't even Disgusting. know what the word is. But, yeah, which grotesque. is why, which is why Disgusting. going back to our uh, non-spoiler section, we were so pissed about JYP being so yeah, the okay. champion of, of, yeah. the, of the kids that, you know, are, are, should get all the awards based on their talent and nothing about looks and nothing about this. Yeah, shut up. Like, get out. The, yeah. it, just in his current lineup of groups, Itzy. Oh, my God. They're, every time I look at them, I, I it just makes me, like, my whole, like, stomach and like everything just starts to like flip over and do a bunch of things because there's no way there's no way like there's zero like muscle like no well body fat in general but like like these girls are like like skin on bone like because you know it's a contrast to see twice because twice actually like they look more normal Uh and they look like they have meat on them and they they are not seemingly at least like starving but itsy looks like they're starving like the the clavicles Uh like the hollowed like faces it's not good it's it's not good the hip bone like you can see it like you can see it like coming it's it's just you see that and then you see what he was trying and is still trying to portray himself as it's like my guy no yeah no (laughs) no uh okay so let's talk about Kim Sukyun and a little bit about his relationship with Suzy because mm-hmm. when we first meet Kim Sukyun, he's literally wearing a fertilizer bag as a costume. <laughs> I never understood for that. His talent contest in a small hick town, and Susie's like the city girl. So now you have this trope of like the country boy and the city girl, but she lies to him outright to get him to come to Seoul. Um, and it's so sad. I mean, you just... How do I put it? I'm never on Susie's side. Like, throughout the show, her character is just horrendous. And even when she sort of sobers up and learns to feel and learns how to be a human and learns how to have empathy and sympathy for others, I'm still like, yeah, I don't like this bitch. <laughs> and... Well, I don't know how you guys felt about their relationship and the way that, you know, the whole scene of him running after the bus and when just to ask when she was leaving his town and she run, he runs after the bus and she tells him that she likes him. Oh, I like you. What? Well, Come told, to Seoul. She this is the only time I'll defend her the entire time. Uh, she asked him, what would it take? Like, what do you want me to yes. say so you can come? Like, she, if you fall for that, that's on you, Ball. Like, it's it's not it's not her. Like, what's, she. What's sad is that he knows that she's lying. Because he turns around and he's, like, clutching his chest, like, as if he's just, like, completely yeah. stirred. And he goes, oh, she's such a bad, she's so terrible. She's lying. I know she's lying to me. And you're immediately on his team, on his mm-hmm. side, because he's so adorable, so lovable, so gullible. And he still goes to Seoul, even though he, his common sense is telling him this bitch is lying to him just to get him to go to Seoul and join the school. I appreciated 
the fact that she I think this is the only drama that I've seen where they take the main character's bitchiness to this level because uh. there has been other dramas where the main lead the male fe- the main female lead is a little bit bitchy but they right. have a lot of redeeming qualities this mm-hmm. one she barely she has, has any she has none. so <laughs> it's very it's very um it's unique it's very unique i i do appreciate the fact that they even when she changes, her core is still very much the same. There isn't really a very big 180 mm. because that 180 would have been even less believable than like. Right. Oh, well, a lot of things are unbelievable here, but like that would have been just like this is your guys are need a break right now. Like this is too much. Mm. Um, so I, I do like the fact that even when she changes for the good, it's not that good still because um, She's such a bitch. Like, she's so terrible. She's such <laughs> she's a so bitch. mean. Like, yeah. It's it's yeah. Did you guys laugh though? She stays at their house, at his house, the pooping with scene his mom. While the pooping scene. I hated it. She So she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. They live in the middle of nowhere. And the mom's like, Okay, uh, you know, Kim Soo Hyun's character will take you. And she goes, Why do I need somebody to go with him with me? And they're like, Oh, the wild boars. Are, could could come up on you and like wreck you and she's like what there's a freaking outhouse and it's like we said freezing in the middle of winter so there's snow on the ground he walks her to this outhouse and she's poop shy understandably and I think she tells him like why don't you sing something for me and he's like no why don't you sing and she starts singing this song only hope from I know it from a walk to remember. Do you guys remember that no. movie? <gasps> oh my god, that song! It's just is... you know how to suspension of disbelief. How am I supposed to like understand and and fathom <clears throat> that you can sing while you're while pooping. literally pooping, yeah. like pushing? No, no. mama. It's, and you're already poop shy. Like that's yeah. not gonna work out. It's not gonna work. They have it phones. Like she could have just played something. True. True. Like true. it's. It just. I hate it. I. I don't like the toilet humor that a lot of uh, K dramas use because it's not. It's not funny. It's cheap and unnecessary. To be quite honest. You yeah. guys know, like the first drama that I watched was Honang. And there's a lot of poop humor in that drama. And I remember texting Laura every time that I saw it. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And again, mm. I'm, I'm still less than 10K dramas in to my K-drama like experience. And every time I see it, I'm just like, but why? I get like, it. It's, it's, it's lowbrow. It's lowbrow. It's, it's a cultural thing, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So they had this whole scene where Susie's pooping and she sings a song. I, yeah. I could not write this myself anyway one um, one of my favorite things about suhyun too also his relationship with his mom was really sweet and when they spoke sweet. to each other the saturday their dialect oh my god I my heart die. it was it's so cute. so cute he did he's it talking so well. in dialect the whole mo- the, the, the whole, whole, movie, the whole show. show and the when whole he's time. with her he, it's like heavier yeah. also mr country bumpkin can't like you know no doesn't know anything about life ends up in japan speaking like in english to the like understanding the english it's you know it's girl how many things do you want me to like how do you want how much do you want me to gaslight myself for me to think that this is actually like feasible any of this (laughs) i don't know the answer (laughs) it's bad it's bad um 
But Suhyun ends up being oh, artist K, right? By the yeah. end, he's the big artist that's performing at the Grammys, which that didn't look like the Grammys by any stretch, but okay. More <laughs> suspension the is dis- Yeah, no. No, 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 no. No. Um, but I kind of like that he was, he made it, you know, even though they had this whole freaking medical drama with him and his progressive hearing loss and the tinnitus and all of that was like, I remember that being a huge deal, a huge reveal as well. When I first watched the show was like, they had this scene where he's watching um, Susie and Tech kiss on the Ferris wheel, which was like, oh my God, what a blow. And then he like collapses and I'm like, what's going on? The start of the very next episode is them is him in the hospital receiving this diagnosis that he's got progressing here, a progressive hearing loss. And he's got to sort of shore up for eventual deafness. And I was like, oh my God. I like was really cut up about it because He's just getting going. He's just starting to train and sing and dance and all this stuff. And now he can't sing anymore. I mean, it was, this is very old school K-drama. But and then he has to go to the, like, go through all his, like, you know, fighting his demons thing and, and yeah, yeah, sing yeah, yeah. Creep because, or like the Creep soundtrack comes on because, of course, Creep has to be a part of every piece of, like, legendary TV. <laughs> or if not, it's not legendary. I love yeah. the fact that he cut his hair and got a, a oh yeah. an earring like a an piercing bad boy. Bad boy. Yeah, he I, looked I cute though. So I was I, okay again, with it. I remember I made a note at some point because like you know he went through really like hard moments with that, and then he was like fine for two episodes and like he didn't have a hearing problem anymore. Uh-huh. And then like later it would come back or it wouldn't, and then I'm I'm like, there were entire videos on YouTube back when like I don't know a bunch of YouTubers that I used to watch that uh, they were doing singing challenges where, like, singing with uh, noise-canceling things so I can't hear my own, like, voice. You can't sing. You cannot. If you can't hear yourself. No. Like, the unbelievableness of this is this this too much. All-time high. This all-time high. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in 2012 or 13, I was like, I don't think that's true, but I just want to believe it. And then today, re-watching it, I'm like... This is impossible. You can't. You just can't. You need to be able to hear yourself in order to sing. It's just. He can't just find. And then he, there was this thing where he was trying to learn perfect pitch. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, no, you no, can't. You can't. <laughs> um, Speaking of wow. disbelief and just out there, the fact that we're supposed to accept and forgive Bakey for yes. throwing yes. a pot yes, yes, yes. and yes. trying to was, murder her friend. Oh. <laughs> like, are Assassination you attempt. Like, are you there was me? a freaking homicide, almost near homicide that happened. And we're okay with her character by the end of the show. We're like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Like this is a case of, it's a, it's a criminal case that they never sort of, went into even the <laughs> teacher king was like we're not gonna talk about like the murder How that almost she happened noticed she was missing the button how does she fix it it's- because tech like found the button and then she no, 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 no. definitely she had, a had already button. fixed it though by the time yeah yeah like, she fixed it by the time he confronted her and then he was like oh i guess but again i don't whatever. know like how does she notice that the button went flying how does she know to fix it or change her jacket or whatever like 
the math, a lot. Not mathing, that's a lot. She was an A plus uh, plus murderer, I guess, because she Gosh. knew what to fix <laughs> so that her alibi was okay and tech didn't nice. suspect her anymore. But also, how she starts with like the braids and things with like oh, she's crummy. matching. She's matching Basie's character right. to and a T. Right, and then, like, the haircut, which actually suited her really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when they go into, like, the showcase later, they add <sighs> these horrid extensions. Horrible. horrible that you can see, like, the hair. It looked like a mullet that was trying yeah. to, like, revive. Yeah. Oh, no. Because it's just no. two pelitos, like, two little strands of hair. Yeah. It's not even, like, it's a... It's not... It's terrible. It wasn't, like, uh, layers no. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to do that, you have to put, like, multiple mm. layers Correct. so that it isn't just, like, her real hair and then long extensions. Again, the budget was limited. You and know, very limited. it looked awful. They she looked terrible. She's yeah. also, talking about terrible, she starts dancing to, I think, Fly on the Wall by Miley Cyrus. There's a, a early episode. She's yeah. dancing to... All of those dancing sequences and scenes were really bad. Like I know all of them can dance and like they're talented, but the way that the either the camera work or the way that they didn't have enough time to practice those dance sequences, Mm. it wasn't good. Like at all, it wasn't like sharp. It wasn't clean choreo. It was very messy and very like the they were trying to make up for with some of the editing that they were doing. So it was like cutting back and forth, which made it worse. Which made it worse, and. Yeah, it wasn't it, for these being real idols. I didn't feel at all at that all. they Mm-mm. were dancing to the caliber that they should be. Mm-hmm. It, it was giving like the "so you think you can dance" contestant that like cannot dance and is still gonna audition, but it's just getting airtime because the show needs diversity or whatever, mm-hmm. or like the the <laughs> yeah. butt of the joke. That's what it was giving. There was a lot of butt of the joke, like me- meta hilarity that was happening throughout the show. There was. Um, I think there was like a JYP song that they played, Don't Leave Me, early on. And they started playing, um, what was it? Like Genie by SNSD as well. They were dancing to that song outside of the chicken shop. Like this is like current stuff. And if you didn't know who JYP was, you wouldn't get the needle drop of his 90s song. You know what I'm saying? There was also a lot of like, uh, if you know, you know, type of jokes uh-huh. about being a trainee, like the yeah. the JYP the test dance thing that they do with like the wave. That like, was the only funny part of JYP being there. <laughs> like the only time that I was like, okay, I would have been fine if you were here for this just one scene, but the rest of it, bye. Because at, at that point, like they, they kind of showed uh, Taekyun a little bit and he really could not hold no. his laughter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he was just like, this is, this is my life right now. <laughs> Jess, you may not have seen this because this was more like K-pop content, but I think it came out last year. Like uh, Rain went to see Stray Kids. And he kind of talked about this, the backstory of that, of like uh, JYP asked Rain to help him with like a choreography training program for trainees. And then he was the one that came up with this like wave, the wave. thing. Yeah. And like every JYP trainee has to master that in order for them to be able to remain and be uh, choreographed. Right. So that's why that's a big joke for like the idol community or whatever people in the jyp know i've heard of the wave i don't think i've seen that rain video though so i definitely have to go back and watch that but yeah it was it's funny. cute 
I mean, in 2012, did I know that that was a thing? No. No, of course mm. not. It's like yeah. Laura said. It's it's mm. very much for the girlies that know and the ones who don't. Like mm. shit out of luck. Yeah. Also. Like, oh, sorry. I was just gonna no, talk no, go about ahead. another scene so you can finish the thought here. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say how like Jason wasn't at the actual showcase and he still made the group. <laughs> yes. Like I just, <laughs> I have like a list. It of doesn't things. matter. I it have a list matter. Of, of those yeah. moments that I was like, I give up. I give up on trying to have like <laughs> rational, logical like trains of thought here. My favorite was when Bakey also said like in the first episode when they're like, or was it the second episode when they decided they're gonna go to Kieran um, High School when Bakey like does a split and she's like, see, I can make it too. And it's like, okay, so you're going to just do a split. And it's that's so going to get you. And oh, she never did so a split cringy. her whole time there. So the irony. True. That should have come back around. Also, let me tell you something. If, like, me being Susie, right, and Tech goes to the real showcase, one thing is going and, like, supporting or whatever. If he performed there he and performed left me, with blocked, her arch nemesis. Blocked. <laughs> With Done. the arch nemesis, Becky. Unforgivable. I don't Guys, care he's so he's good like, looking. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, oh, my dad would have like taken me to the U.S. Sir, you would have found your way back. I am done with you. That is treason. That is, is a backstab. Do you know, no. that is absolutely how I feel felt then and now on rewatch that Tech did some like unforgivable like fully sins here. Yeah, fully. And not that anything was directly you know it was not malicious but he should know the meaning of these things right performing with becky abandoning the team debuting without them even though he like was like oh let's promise to to be on the same stage together and perform together whatever like he just like completely went solo and all this stuff so Another text that I sent Laura while I was watching was this entire show could have been one episode had they actually like texted each other and communicated. Oh, absolutely. Like 100%. all you had to do was like, hey, listen, Communicate. talk to you yeah. later. Like my dad's about to kick me out of the country and kidnap me. Like, you know, it's just. There's something so annoying about Tech's character when it comes to those like middle episodes where he's at odds with Susie and the rest of the underdog kids in the regular prep class because he's that guy that's like, let's talk. Like every time you see him, he's like, let's talk. Let's go here to talk. And I'm like, that is so freaking annoying. You ever had like a let's talk person in your life? <laughs> No. It's like there's nothing no. to talk about. Like we're done. No, thankfully. Oh my god, I was so annoyed. And also how they like debuted and then they're perfect and they're winning like music shows for six months and then they come back and they're like, guys, we can't graduate if we don't like win this there's one contest. There's not enough credit hours. We don't have enough credit hours to graduate from this bogus school, so we have to go back and start taking classes again. My. Oh my god. I just remembered no because like I just went back to like the other um the other side of the story with the teacher the dad and the mom and the fact that this father left their left his two daughters in Korea by themselves with his ex-wife's like I don't it's just this doesn't make any lick of sense is that Susie's backstory is that her dad fucking fled the country and was trying to stage a comeback of his own and get back on his feet financially in the States but he abandoned his two kids in Korea and was like 
why don't you guys go stay not with family or some other like person that he knows well enough he was like why don't you stay with this man who owes me who su- <laughs> supposedly for- seduced your your mom and had an affair with your mom doesn't make sense and and you know i still don't understand if they knew that she died or if they just thought that she like left them no 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 they knew that she got sick and died but they just didn't have this whole uh, they were like oh she left our dad so like god punished her by like her getting sick and dying kind of thing so bad okay 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 okay. i understand now my third and final reason to live during this show was <laughs> Baby's uh, Hyesung, the child character, the child actress. Oh, that yes. That played her little sister. Very cute. That scene, like the fact of how much she loved Tech and like would kiss him every chance that she could. Yes! And that scene at the end where like she's holding, not at the end, but like when she's still little, she's holding Tech's hand and Suhyun goes for it and she goes blah and like and <laughs> knocks it out of the way. I was yeah. like, oh, my queen. <laughs> Like that little child was everything. So that was my third and final reason to live. And that, yeah, that she's very much a vibe. The end scene Probably. was a little weird, though. A little crazy. When she a was little. a grown up and she was packing. Yeah. 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 Okay, hold on. Let's let's pause on that. Let's talk. Because I have a couple more things and then we can get to the ending scene and then yes. we'll wrap this episode. So um, you said in the pre, in the general non-spoiler section, we talked about other 2PM members that made an appearance in this show and it's because mm-hmm. there were these crazy cameos of like of the other members mm-hmm. nikon made his cameo dressed as like romeo lying on the ground presumably yeah. playing dead and then they also had this score uh, he played it on his phone mm-hmm. of franco zeffirelli's romeo and juliet so that famous score was playing on his phone and then I felt like the whole jingle that he was a part of because that's when they stole IU's voice mm-hmm. to like do this sing, um, sing this jingle to sell. I think it was a cell phone or something. Yeah. Okay. That whole thing reminded me of like the lollipop song from back in the day. Do you know the lollipop song? With I recently heard about the no. lollipop thing, but I don't know what it is. Me neither. Okay. So in a nutshell, I'm I'm actually like looking it up. Oh, no. If I look up Lollipop, just going to be Lil Wayne. That's not the right thing. (laughs) Lollipop with Big Bang and 21. Was it CL? Yeah. So (laughs) this is weird. So there's this song called Lollipop. Okay. Oh, my God. There's a whole Wikipedia on on it. They were were asking her, like, oh, you know, people debuted in 2000 whatever. So, like, when they debuted, the iPhone this was out. So when you debuted, what was a phone? And she goes, lollipop. And I was like, I don't know. I don't I'm not in a joke. So So this is the first paragraph of the Wikipedia. So it's legitimate information. Sure. (laughs) So, okay. Lollipop is a song by Big Bang and 21 created to promote a cell phone by LG Scion. It interpolates a 1958 hit Lollipop written by Julius Dixon and Beverly Ross. The song achieved top spot on the various online charts. It was like super popular. And uh, Lollipop was used to debut 21 unofficially as it does not serve technically as their debut single. So mm. then they followed that up with their official debut song, Fire, which is if have you seen the music video though for Lollipop? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. So this was like a whole freaking thing. This is back in 2009. Right. They basically used this custom song, this custom jingle, so to speak, Lollipop, with Big Bang and 21 singing this song to promote this phone. And if you look at the music video, it's like a commercial for this phone. 
for this LG phone or whatever. This doesn't ring any bells at all? No, no, we haven't okay. seen it. Like, again, I, I only know that it's CL and 21 because I just watched the interview like two days ago where she mentioned it. Okay, so that's what she's talking about is this LG Scion phone or whatever and Lollipop. I encourage you to anyone listening to look up the song Lollipop and this part of this show, Dream High, where they are taking like this jingle and promoting a cell phone with two K-pop idols, essentially, is to a T what Lollipop was. Got it. Okay. Wow. Um, you see, it's see. just for the girlies who know. Yeah, it's just honestly. for the girlies who know, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the God of Dance oh God, no. sequence with JYP in this red silk suit dancing to Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. <laughs> no I definitely fast forward over that this time around. I couldn't. I watched, I watched Judgingly. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know who this man thinks he is. Right. Right. I couldn't. That's that's my thing too. Is like, he thinks he's hot shit. He really, really, really does. He does. Mm-hmm. I'm telling like you, for his he whole... did a whole concert in New York and L.A. where they ended up having to put the tickets on Groupon and giving them out for free just to be able to fill the venue somewhat. And he's out here <laughs> like posting whenever his stupid song came out, the Groove Back song. Yeah. And he's like, gotta get, gotta get with like the stupidest fucking choreo of all time. He like some people were like posting challenges actually like was, i don't know why trying right, to get his attention right. and then he like posted and he's like here here's a tutorial to help people like yourself and like he actually thinks he is better than literally anyone mm. like it's it's terrible yeah. he's got a complex <laughs> for sure yeah but um in that same same episode the girl who stole IU's voice is like, who is mm-hmm. that girl? I've never seen her around here before. It's IU. And Jason, she's like saying like, oh, just because you lose some weight doesn't mean you can debut. And he goes, well, you debuted and you're a talentless singer. So he's like, if you're a five second singer or whatever. Yeah, that was very, that was a good burn. <laughs> that was definitely a good burn. Yeah, I, I enjoyed was, your TikTok. Oh my God. I love that burn so much. I thought it was a plus plus it's up there for me with um sing to me paolo just like one of the sickest burns in history it's like so stupid i have this weird list in my head okay (laughs) and you know when he said that a couple of idols came into my mind oh god that are who are they name them Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna name the talentless. <laughs> oh no, no, no! We can I'm not only gonna get one of that. us canceled at a time. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go for multiple. But it you know definitely I, brought some people to mind. You know what I wrote down? I, this is just stupid, but I just saw it and it made me laugh. That uh, Becky uh, went <clears throat> uh, showgirls with the pearl spilling thing, with like with the thumbtack and the shoe, yeah. and all the other like nasty things that she did during the show like going back to your thing of like forgiving her for literal assassination attempts right and uh yeah no No. No. both of those characters were unredeemable it's true did you feel any type of way about the dream high song no 
Yes. I mean, it's uh, it's good for what it was, I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna okay. play it, but maybe I had a lot more nostalgia for it because when they started playing it again, I was like, oh my god, it's the Dream High song, <laughs> and yeah. got really I excited think it's about nostalgia. it. Like, yeah. it was cute. It was cute. Like, it's better than the drama, I guess, for sure. Mm. In terms of like quality and delivering what it like, it did what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. The drama didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but last cameo I think I have here from 2PM is the Chansong cameo where he's meets like the house Nuna in the snow yeah. and walks her back to the house and like covers her head with a scarf and she kisses him because she's drunk. And when she pulls back, it's actually like the nightclub Ajashi. Yeah. <laughs> That was so unfortunate. I think I had a problem with it because there's an obvious large age gap between them. Yeah. Between Chansong in 2011 and this this lady. I mean, she had many Nina. problems and alcoholism was one of them. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> true, true, true. Right she there. was an alcoholic. Um, yeah, so that was the Chansong cameo. There there was also a cameo by some of the Super Junior guys in the yeah. radio yes. station. Yeon Hyuk and stuff. They had like an interview mm-hmm. show with, uh-huh. yeah, with IU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, my memor- memories of Dream High are of them in the classroom learning different things. And mm-hmm. one of them that I remembered vividly was the pitch test mm-hmm. of where they sing, mm-hmm. they sight read. And there's two of them like doing it at the same time. And they have to yeah. harmonize and stuff. And I was like, that is super memor- memorable. And I remember that whole thing, that whole scene from when I had originally watched Dream High. The teacher who taught about like chords and things like I thought that I was like, oh, look, an actual educational moment. What a concept. Yeah. 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 Uh, So let's get into some Endgame episodes because Becky gets sexually assaulted (laughs) by the company president and tech saves her and then he gets canceled and there's this whole scandal because there's footage of him beating up this uh, their company president. Mm -hmm. And I watch this you know in 2012 2013 like way this was shot way before the me too movement way before weinstein and all the rest were exposed and you know sent to jail and stuff but this is sad as shit okay like i thought this was really sad and i think the only drawback to this storyline's inclusion is that it is meant to redeem becky yeah yeah you know what's sadder that we went through me too on this out of the world but korea hasn't correct and not just like women and girl groups but boys and boy groups are Mm -hmm. also suffering heavily from like complete mismanagement misconduct and abuse some of it's sexual from their managers Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. that's really what is not good i thought that it was ahead of its time and it still comments heavily on the victim shaming that happens yeah Yeah. right they didn't want becky to come forward yeah those two teachers those two teachers that are kind of irrelevant but they Uh they basically give the viewer commentary the whole time of the show they're like a good narration for like a pulse check on what korean people were like back then and a lot of it really hasn't changed but they were really like you know giving everyone the opinions on i mean in this case was miss she that she said it like more specifically because she was so attached to protecting uh, becky but 
It was like, she has a scarlet letter now. Like, she won't be left alone. No one will believe her. And even it happened, they kind of played it out at the TV station of like, well, but you know, the rumor is that she was the one who seduced him. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's very real still today. So, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's super unfortunate. And what's sad is that you can't say, like, oh, things have changed. Yeah, no. No. So, it's very sad to me. I think it was used to redeem both her and Tech because, like, him selflessly (coughs) basically throwing himself under the bus and throwing his Mm -hmm. dad and his campaign under the bus to, (laughs) like, protect this girl's, you know, dignity Mm -hmm. and image. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. But Teacher She has a great arc as well. Um, Because she's, like, the principal's daughter, which was, like, a whole, like, K-drama reveal as well. Mm -hmm. But she started out as this very cold and calculating teacher. She's cutting her losses with students deemed unworthy or a lost cause. And she she was the one who encouraged Becky to treat to win the showcase solo. So over the course of the show, she's kind of learned the error of her ways and now subscribes to the same school of thinking as Teacher Kang. You know, you should help the kids lift them up, encourage them, and not trample on their dreams. And their job isn't necessarily to be realistic. It's to be optimistic and to help them as much as they can. And, you know, it was nice to see her go through her own arc and be so supportive of Becky during her time of need towards during the whole sexual harassment thing or sexual assault scandal that broke because she just simply told the truth and just to get her tech out of hot water here because he was getting lampooned completely i didn't like the extreme to which she took it her Mm. transformation again the whole like the flower clip at the on the top no 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 that was too cutesy that That, but that's that's a trope yeah and like just her character the infantilization and the akyo, mm. you know, it was too far. Like the pendulum swung too, like far to the other side. I, I understand why she ended up falling for Mr. Teacher Savior person, and all of that. But I, she, in her defense, to so when she was like evil at the beginning, she didn't say she was in favor of cheating because she wasn't. She was right. okay with lying to an extent. Mm-hmm. And what she told Becky was like, "This girl's lying." So don't feel bad about taking her right. spot. She didn't mm-hmm. say go put a thumbtack in her shoe so she's like physically right. unable right. to do the thing. Uh-huh. When uh-huh. Becky tried to like turn that on her and be like, you're the reason why now I don't feel anything when I try to murder people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, no, be- no, Becky, that's not, that's not what she said. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Like you, you were fully a murderer before. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely conflated um, concepts over here. One thing that I wanted to touch on uh, about Susie and Tech and Suhyun, which is like their love triangle, is that they set up Tech as the the female, the, sorry, not the female, the male lead. You know, the person that she's going to end up with because he's just this archetypal like bad boy and um, they had all this history together. They met his children and he's just so cool and you just feel like they're going to end up together. She likes him for sure at some points throughout the show, but Kim Soo-hyun's character is set up as the second male lead, and you never feel necessarily that they're going to end up together because he's just so pitiful. He's not on the same playing level as Tech, and they don't have all of this childhood history together. And I was stunned 
the first time I watched Dream High that she ends up with Kim So Hyun. <laughs> it's not until the photo card comes up that like we know exactly how she feels. Like I always knew she was confused. Mm-hmm. But and even Laura and I were talking just before, like when we got on on Zoom to talk to you today. Like I just found out like 30 seconds ago that you know tech was not the actual male lead like it, yeah. it didn't really register in the moment i'm like oh so sh-. i was like oh nice they ended up the show with like the second male lead and it's like oh no 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 he was never the second He's male lead he set was set up as the male lead Correct. i still mm-hmm. contend to this day that they really wanted the audience to sort of root for tech and um a hundred percent maybe not root for them but think that they were going to end up together so i was they were t- just trying to have a reveal <laughs> Right. I was telling Kathy that this was the first uh, series where I didn't go for the second male lead, which was Young's character. Uh Like, Uh I always just really liked Taekyun, even though he did a lot of terrible, terrible things. Well, you were gunning because Tech is the second male lead at this point. So look at you. In a sense, he is (laughs) technically the second male lead because she doesn't end up with him. Yeah. She ends up with Suyoung. Look at that. And when the cast, I saw it, like I realized on Google, when, when you look for the cast, in order, it's Susie yeah. and Suyun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is the, the male lead. So, Lara, yeah. you're just being consistent with your tendencies. <laughs> Look at that. Lara is consistent because she did gum for the second male lead, <laughs> even though he's... Honestly, like, if you look at his characterization... Yeah, yeah. It would... you Anyone would think he was um, going to end up with her. But, yeah, so yeah. I was, like, stunned that she ended up with, like, this country kid who's talking in dialect and is going deaf and like has all of these like issues and uh confidence issues and things like that like tech doesn't have like confidence issues at all like he's very much set as um delicious yeah also him and becky should have ended up together for all that he protected her and saved her honestly at this point i'm just thinking that not not that i wanted it but i'm just like I mean, homie was writing for her harder than Very much. Kanye for Beyonce at this point. So I'm just yeah. saying, like, it was kind of, <laughs> if they kept the show going, that would have ended up, like, happening at some point. I don't know. <sighs> you make a good case, though. You do make a good case. Um, so let's talk about the time jump that happens. So whatever, they get, like, through and they sort of debut they have a baby version of going viral because they did this flash mob thing Mm -hmm. and they were doing online PR so that they could sell this dream high group. Um, And then they have their official debut performance on TV. Finally, when some of those PDs see the, the groundswell that's happening only because a group dropped out, which was giving BTS before BTS by yes. Yes. (laughs) The group, a group dropped out and they're like, where are we going to find another group to replace them in like dream high? Uh, crew comes through um so that was all fine and good uh, a little ahead of its time i guess because in 2011 i guess flash mobs weren't quite a thing like they were a few years later nah, they were they were flash mobs i, I don't remember yeah. flash mobs until a few years later being like a thing i don't know i feel like i i saw a lot of flash mob content in college so and that yeah was same 2007 to 2011 you know me, so. same same so same. i do think that gotcha. flash mobs had a thing maybe before. in korea it wasn't maybe like, that makes thing. sense i don't know yeah so then we have a time jump i use the preschool ki- or kindergarten teacher and <laughs> becky is now a teacher at kieran art school she's taking the place of teacher she who 
And she does like the same stunt with the thumbtacks thing. Because she doesn't know originality if it hit her in the face. Correct. Right, Makes sense. Right. Like this just tracks for her character because she's plagiarized a song earlier in the show. And mm-hmm. now she's like taking the same uh, same approach to teaching as teacher she. Tech is a famous artist. President Ma married the Nuna character and had a kid with her. And Kim Sohyun is artist K, and he's he won a Grammy or whatever. Uh, I I think I have issues with just like the scene, the final scene, which is Kim Sohyun and Susie's character. She's trying to convince him to go to the states and sort of become a bigger star than if he had stayed in Korea. And. She tells him a version of like the boys over flowers thing, which is why don't you go and like improve on yourself and get famous and become a great man? And then I'll consider uh, being with you, (laughs) even though she clearly like loves him already. And uh, that's that's it. Like they have a repeat of the of the makes sense bus scene where she's now running after the bus they tried and to have like that full circle moment, but that episode yeah. was messy as hell with it was like messy. The, the flashbacks and the forwards, and it was a little hard to understand. Not it gonna was, lie. Yeah, it same. was, yeah. I remember I, being foozled. I still don't question. understand where Susie's character ended. Like, yeah, was she like yeah. a famous idol? Did she go back to opera singing? I was just very confused. It's unclear. I think it's ambiguous, and I don't know why they would make it so ambiguous. She was celebrating her 100th performance. Concert, yeah. Like 100th concert. And then she sings the dang Walk to Remember song again. Yeah. To, uh, in honor of Suhyun because his character is like, you know, living his best but also lonely. Because yeah. I guess like they didn't work out because they both I focus on their careers. <sighs> it's weird. It's frustrating. Because it shouldn't, we shouldn't be guessing at it, you know? And then I use character didn't want to go Pilsuk to the thing because she didn't want to be photographed because uh, now she had gained weight again. Because she had gained back so, weight and he was like, all right, fine. Like, I guess Netflix and chill. Truly, 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 the only character that achieved her goal was Susie's little sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> because Pacman like, Bin. Literally Pac the Bin, only one. <laughs> Pacman Bin in this cameo Appears. as the little sister. And she kisses Tech on the cheek again. Literally. She knew he, what she she's wanted. Like, yeah, she knew what she wanted. She had marked her territory. And, I mean, presumably it's been, what, eight, seven years? I think they said it was a six-year jump uh, yeah. from the moment, like the last moment that was that time. I don't know. though. Really Something know. around there. So I guess she's now a, a teenager, Pakunbin. Yeah, it's so problematic. It's so problematic. problematic because what's the age gap? Like at least ten, at least ten years. It's more. Giving, it's giving Wilmer and Lindsay, Wilmer and Mandy, Wilmer it's and not, all of them, Wilmer good. and Demi. It's oh not good. Oh my god! It's not it's good. Not, it's not. I love how Wilmer got straight <laughs> straight bullets in this episode, and um, who else got straight bullets in this? Episode? <laughs> like so many people. All of them were bullets. directed. I'm sorry, they were not straight. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so the ending was a miss, Completely and terrible. Uh, that's it. Like we're at the end of the show. 
We're done. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys have anything else to add to this thing? (laughs) Oh, Lord. I'm appreciative that we that I watched a really bad drama because up until now I had been like, oh, my God, maybe I just like everything and I don't have like a distinction or, or, or like a temperature check thing but I do now now I know that I don't like certain things so thank you <laughs> you know I wish that uh I could bestow like all of these years of like hey drama watching on other people because <laughs> sometimes the dramas nowadays are too good people <clears throat> can't like really parse out if anything mm-hmm. was lo- not so great and I started watching during this era of K-drama where like Dream High was very popular and Dream High is not a very good show. It is passable. At best. Um, (laughs) But is it like the best show ever? No. Is Camp Rock like the best movie ever? No. There was a time where we could have like stomached it because of our age and everything. That's what I'm saying. This feels like a step up, save the last dance, high school musical, Camp Rock type of movie, type of show. Yeah. What this show made me conclude was that I probably wouldn't have the best time watching K-dramas from before 2015. Not to generalize, I'm sure there's great ones that I could probably go back to. There are great ones. Yeah, but they, I, they really are. This is an experiment, right, totally. too, also going back further than 2015, because mm-hmm. so many people say they can't watch something pre-2015. I'm like, you could, <laughs> okay, you can do it, okay? It's, yeah. There's some really great dramas out there. Mm-hmm. And there's some iconic dramas like Dream High that don't hold up. So, Right. And iconic doesn't necessarily mean good. Right. It's just right. like, you know, cultural reset for the right. time being or whatever. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think that's it. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show, for watching Dream High in its entirety <laughs> and just going on this journey with me. I think it was very eye opening to return to Dream High for both me and Lauda. And it was probably I don't want to say it was a time waster for you, Kathy, but no, I think it was, it was an eye-opening educational experience. at the very least, um, especially because you guys are so immersed in K-pop. Like, this is part of K-pop history, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't yeah. regret it. I don't. Like, as much as <clears throat> I have roasted it, I'm enjoying roasting it. And I, <laughs> again, I always like to be part of the conversation. Like, when Game of Thrones was really big, like season five, I wasn't watching Game of Thrones and I just watched like the first episode of season six just to understand what we were talking about. So I have this like general FOMO of wanting to know and wanting to have context. So now I have the context to dream high. So I don't consider it a time waste at all. At all. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you're listening online, you can find my girls, Kathy and Lauda on all of the socials at MA2K podcast and listen to their podcast. If you loved K-pop, or in any way, shape, or form, love K-pop. Um, listen to their show; it's amazing. They're super fun to to listen to, and uh, we got more concerts to see together. As a matter of fact, like we we're do. still going. I'll yeah. see you not next week, but the week like, after. Yeah, yeah, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. for more K-pop or K R and B goodness. So, yeah. I want to thank you guys, and we're just we're gonna get out of here. 
got more shows to watch, <laughs> more music to listen to. Thank you for having us, Jess. Yes. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Always Thank love you so much. with you. <laughs> so this has been our show, and I'm Jessica, and this has been the Debaki Rambles podcast. I'm not